and henchmen out there in the Geek Nation. You listen to Spoiler Alert. A wee moe, 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 a wee moe. Is that, is that? Are you going to do the whole song? I'm a moe. That didn't, anyway. Anybody wants to jump in, go for it. No, no, we're going to do the show now. So, thank you for joining us. God damn it. Um, uh, I'm your host, Johnny Destructo. With me this week is Noel. Sabra. Nah, dude. I'm just here being me, y'all. And uh, Mark underscore L underscore Miller. Hey. Hey. What's up? Yeah. We're going to talk about this week's comics, but first we have a couple of emails that we need to get to. This one is from Pink Apocalypse, longtime listener, fan of the show. Uh, She says... Hearing your guys' thoughts on how Marvel should go forward with their Fox acquisitions would be interesting, if you haven't already done it. Quick opinion, I liked having X-Men separate from Marvel proper. Reboot it and keep it separate, or give a hell of an explanation why mutants are persecuted, but regular heroes aren't. Another quick opinion, I desperately wish they would turn the Fantastic Four into a period piece and have all their movies take place in the 60s, including spin-offs. But I know that will never happen. The established family dynamic is important, and too many brilliant stories are possible with character-specific powers. A woman turning invisible is a profound metaphor, ripe for story possibilities. For these reasons, I don't think gender flipping in this instance is a good idea. I couldn't care less about race switching. It's not intrinsically vital to the characters' backgrounds, and portraying adoption or mixed families is only a net bonus. Race switching in a period piece would have to be carefully done, but would open up more story possibilities. So thank you so much. Um, So the first thing about Marvel and Fox getting together and having the X-Men brought in, uh, that's a great question. Where have mutants been this entire time? Is it if they are introduced into the Marvel MCU, would it? be that like they're just now starting to come to the forefront or the X-Men have the X-Men been around for a while, but this is the first time that they're brought in because of a big battle. What would you guys do, Mark? Uh, I, I mean, there's a lot of interesting things to unpack there in that, <laughs> in that email. Uh, I, I mean, I do think that uh, a period piece would be interesting and to have them kind of like maybe disappear in the negative zone during this kind of like new rise of uh, mm. um, heroes would be interesting because then you could have this return and you could have this like kind of legend of them and then have them eventually make their reappearance back in there without having them be like 80 years old. You, right. you know what I mean? It is a time frame it, that the MCU hasn't dealt with yet either. We've yeah. done seventies. Well, I guess first class a little bit, but that's technically not the MCU. Yeah. That's close. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I, I like the, the idea of, um, uh, of of it being like what what was she saying like fifties or sixties sixties right. for well for Fantastic yeah. Four 
Yeah, yeah. As opposed and, to the next one. That would be good, but it's like then there would you would get the the just the just kind of the the stupid throwaway. You know, you'd hear some like uh, like and it got a Davida in the background, and you know, and, and Johnny's like getting uh, ready and says the obligatory. Well, I'm going to Woodstock. And, they you would know, they would have to make like it that. super trippy on purpose, yeah. like. Yeah, and like I don't Kirby know if trippy. that's no, I mean, Stranko trippy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, but Stranko was more Doctor Strange and not yeah. like yeah, I mean, it's the I, same era. Of I don't comic think, books. I mean, I get it because it's it's like kind of like wacky science and uh, like it it's reminiscent of those like wacky science movies of like you know like Forbidden Planet and This Island Earth and and films like that. Um, it would be fun, but I, it would just be, there would have to be a plan to it because yeah. then, I mean, we know everybody seems to be kind of like really bowled away by all of these new heroes right now. But if the Fantastic Four existed, then it, I don't know. It doesn't seem like they, they acknowledged that. Well, it, yeah, they, you know? they've, they've dealt with this a little bit in the Captain Marvel movie that just, that's coming out this week. Yeah. Introducing, yeah. introducing somebody. Um, so As both times first. that they've introduced characters, in a different timeline or in a yeah. different era that's not linear, they've taken them off the board immediately yeah. after, so it's not weird like that. So, so my idea for the X Men would be maybe there have been mutants in a subtle way, mm-hmm. but now secondary mutations are starting to occur, mm-hmm. which yeah. is oh, were you guys talking about the physically? mutants or were you talking well, about Fantastic Four? Oh, they okay. were both in there. Well, the first but, thing was yeah, yeah X Men. Yeah, so I yeah. like the, if you wanted to introduce a the the fan, 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 the Fantastic Four in the past, then you're gonna have to figure out a way to take them off the board immediately, and or make sure that like they weren't heard of beforehand. Which Here, honestly, I don't like. I think what? just do it. I got it. So my idea for a Fantastic Four would be if they go up into space in the '60s and they don't they, they come down with powers. Who knows what sort of wormhole or something that they've gone through while they were up there. That would then, like, let's say we see them go up in the 60s in a shuttle. Yeah. And they, the yeah. thing that gives them their powers also was a wormhole that brought them a, to now. It's a top secret shuttle launch? Yeah. Or would we have heard well, about no, it could have been the, like the they just they disappeared. That, or, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I know, but I don't know. That would, would be have interesting. Heard about the, the, the crew of the Future Foundation that yeah. disappeared or something at this yeah, point? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that would be cool. It, what, would, what would also be really cool would be if um, they go up in the 60s. Their shuttle gets gets bombarded with cosmic rays. They get kind of jolted into the negative zone, but they have been able to watch, like almost like on a television, um, everything that's been happening on Earth. So it wouldn't be this fish out of water story. Mm-hmm. It would be basically they would they would be following everything. So you would have that family aspect where they're the only four four of them on mm-hmm. that planet so they could bond there but then when they come back it's not like they're looking around and like ooh, look at all the future cars look at all the you know buildings yeah, and it'd everything be really boring to have man out of time again yeah because we've already seen that and it seems yeah. like that's kind of what they're doing with uh captain marvel although i don't know but um you know just like someone leaving and then coming back yeah. uh i mean I, about the the i mean i just find it interesting that she she finds it very important that um there be invisible woman there, but she doesn't care about the race. Well, uh, what, uh, wasn't the original point well, I think of the invisible points. woman being that she's a woman and so she's invisible, invisible yeah. to, but not, but race. So what she was saying was that for that character, almost specifically 
the gender is important, but she, she doesn't feel woman. yeah she doesn't feel that race swapping is important at all. She yeah. could be a black man. Why don't why do why do we have to have uh, a woman at all? Why don't we just have a homosexual relationship? And oh, okay, <laughs> I mean I'm just saying. You know, I, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, okay, the, the original the original of Invisible Man book, um, and I'm not talking about the the right the, the it, I'm talking about the Invisible Man by uh, oh god. No, no, no. Uh, that's that's the, it's not that one. It's the other one. The Invisible Man book talks about um, the experience of being a black man in, in America. Um, and yeah. and so, I mean, that's why not making her a black woman? I mean, I agreed. But I mean, I just think that I, I, I find it interesting on what hill people choose to die on, mm-hmm. uh, basically saying like where is where their <laughs> uh, line in the sand is. Where it's like, you know, if, oh, it's totally fine if there's a race swap, but it's, oh, but no, it has to be a woman, mm-hmm. you know, I, I mean, it's, it's just interesting. And, and I mean, it, it, it just poses an interesting argument just to see like what people um, want to kind of back and what people won't back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if it's back. I just like, I would, I would argue that it's just personal experience as to what you feel is the most important aspect of a character. Yeah. yeah. So. The thing not, that speaks to you about that not character. being a woman and/or a person of color, I get. Like I don't, I get what she's trying to say when it comes to invisible woman specifically, just sure. due to misogyny. But with like making Johnny Storm a person of color, that doesn't yeah. matter because that's not the most important aspect of that character. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I mean, I agree. But about I, that. so I don't, I don't think that's I didn't picking like, a hill I, though. I, well, I think it is because she's saying that, oh, yeah, it's totally fine to be race fluid, but not gender fluid. But if an intrinsic part of the character is their gender or well, their race, then it is important. Well, I think what Mark is saying is that there are other people besides women who were invisible in society at the time. So then yeah. you would create new context for that to make sense yeah. thematically. Within the, okay, within the you're, film. Yeah. You're, creating right? new, you're creating new context, but is that context true to what the fantastic four is about or are you just trying to make a social point i think that that i mean that's something you got to really consider well i mean that okay it was a it was a, a family i mean it could have been an entire black family mm-hmm. um but when you're when you sit there and you say oh we, we wanted in the 60s and but then all of a sudden you say okay well let's do it race fluid i mean it's do you want to introduce uh like gender politics, race politics, all of that other stuff in there when uh, when it never really was a part of the Fantastic Four. Um, it just seems like it, it seems like instead of doing that, why don't you why don't we do a big budget Luke Cage story? Why don't we do Monica Rambeau as Captain Marvel? Why don't we do characters of color or uh, instead of changing things like that because, when it was never a part of that? Because as soon as as soon as it uh, you have a, a a person of color or you change the change the um, gender of a character it immediately forces the writers to either have a throwaway thing about oh they're adopted or or whatever um i guess sue storm was adopted in the in yeah. the last the last one but it's just it's just one of those things where it, it, do we need that do we need that extra those extra words when we could have had a little bit more dazzle in in a um fantastic four i don't know i i'm just asking questions i'm not like providing answers but that's just the way i see it yeah for my part i think when you answer that specific question do we need it um i don't know if we need it but it doesn't bother me if it happens 
That's just my personal thing. Like when people were very upset that they took yeah. uh, Wilson Fisk and they got that big actor to play Dun- him, Clark- Duncan Clark Duncan. Clark Duncan. I, Clark Duncan. I, yeah, I never really had a problem with it. Yeah, with I just that. I just went okay. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I, so as as long as they're telling a good story, it really doesn't bother me what sort of changes they make to the physicality of a character. I mm-hmm. think. Yeah, um, I mean, granted, we're talking about a wretched turd like Van Forstick, <laughs> you know, that, and that was just a just a horrible, horrible movie. Brutal. And yeah, and it's like uh, I, I'm sure there could have been somebody out there that that actually could have finessed that a whole lot better. Yeah. Um, oh, for and, sure, that could have been but, a really good movie. It could have been. Everything I mean, was changed I mean, about it. I mean, who even directed? But even the Michael point? B. Jordan wasn't part. Even Josh Trank. Josh. Josh. Josh, Josh Trank. Yeah, but yeah, but like rumors are that that was just ripped from him very early. I don't know. Well, no, like, it's, a, it's a movie by committee. Like, didn't Kinberg jump in there too? I think he directed it. It's just that you know, afterwards, it's it got to the point where he wanted to post blame on on a lot of people. I don't know. I'm not a. I'm not. I, I don't know. I, the insider. There are. Yeah, there are a lot of people that that. Um, there's always the it could have been this it could have been that yeah. but uh you they have the same thing about justice league and uh and snyder but he had already screwed up twice before in my opinion so it's it's yes there's a I, history of mediocrity in that instance mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i want to talk about the sort of another element of this question that pink had asked and that's um do you guys care i i'm you know i'm i'm thinking about the x men i'm thinking about the fantastic 4 and the just how both of those were mishandled in my opinion so badly that i don't care that they're coming to the marvel universe anymore i'm very happy with the marvel universe as it is i don't need the x-men and the one thing i will say is that having the x-men separate gave us logan which is probably one of my top three superhero movies of all time but it also gave us seven awful sequels like arguably um of like this modern era of um comic book legacy movies yeah. or or like you know packages of sequels on sequels um x-men has been the most inconsistent oh, so the most misses uh, versus hits and it hasn't been handled very well at all i'm kind of impressed that they keep making them I, yeah i like there's arguably three out of seven that are good like two that are great and three that are good yeah but they're like, only making them because that in order to keep the license or that, oh. at least that's what they were that, doing fantastic you know? four for sure and yeah. pro- I think I think the uh, yeah you're probably right. I think the the X Men were never really in jeopardy so much as Fantastic Four was because that wasn't getting stuff made. Yeah, I am not looking forward to Dark Phoenix. It, none awful. of the none of the previews look exciting to me at all. Um, mm-hmm. I I don't think Sophie Turner is the best actress for um, Jean mm-hmm. Grey. I yeah. think they could have gotten someone like Anna Joy uh, or what's her is that her name. Anna Joy Taylor. You, you, Anna you know Joy what? Taylor. I have only seen like one and a half movies with her, but you, who is that? you've mentioned her more than once. Is she really that great? She's in Split. She's in. Oh, she's yeah. in Split. She was good in Split. She's in, um, she's in, in New Mutants. She's, she was in, she was she's in Glass. Katya in New Mutants. Oh, she's magic? Yeah, she's yeah, magic. She's, oh, yeah. interesting. That's a good choice for her. Mm. Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah. I, honestly, in the uh, Dark Phoenix trailer, the only thing I like so far is. You're always sorry, Charles, and there's always a speech, and nobody yeah. cares. And it's like, yeah. you're right. <laughs> you're right, buddy. Um, I, the, I'm going to see it, though. Oh, I'm going to see it. still Every... got that stupid blue beast suit that looks so bad. It's been like, diminishing color... returns since um, first class. I didn't yeah. even like Days of Future Past. Oh, I did. The Rogue Cut was I, I a superior either. movie, yeah. which I'll I loan you if you, if you... Oh, it's, it. it's so good. much better. It, it actually... 
the plot is a little less convoluted. Yeah. Which is the biggest problem of the entire movie. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, and then it just was awful since then. Like, Apocalypse was hot garbage. Yeah. Uh, you know what? This makes me want to talk about. What? Age of X-Men. Yeah! So, uh, in the Marvel yeah. Universe, all the X-Books have pretty much tr- um, moved over to a big crossover event called the Age of X-Men. And uh, I think we've had one, two, three, four, five, five releases so far. And they've all been number ones. Five teen. And I believe our thing for uh, our response to each one of these is like, well, hopefully issue two will have something happen in it. Uh, am I correct here? Is that kind of the consensus? So we're, we're f- yeah. five in. The best Which one. one are we covering? Are we covering? Well, we're going to talk about last amazing, week's first? the amazing Nightcrawler number one, okay. and Extremists uh, number one. <laughs> so, real quick, let's. This was last week's Amazing Nightcrawler. Basically, he is uh, just like Beast Boy is in the Young Justice cartoon. Mm-hmm. And this is the Nightcrawler version of that, where he's a megastar and everyone loves him. And uh, he's making movies and boop boop a doop and I uh, don't care. <clears throat> uh, but basically, he f- has a relationship with his co-star, whose name is who? Anyone? Megan. Is she someone I should know from the X world? She's from Excalibur. She's Captain Britain's wife. Thank you. I did oh, not know that, and I don't have much experience with uh, Excalibur at all. Even though I love me some Alan Davis. Yeah. So basically, they are, have this chemistry. And they go to a, a ceremony, a big event. Yeah, he's the nicest guy in the world, and everyone loves him, and he makes children smile and happy. And the cliffhanger is that he is uh, in this world of no fraternization, no familial bonds, and no relationships. And he sleeps with his co-star. He sleeps with his co-star. And, and he's, he's there, sitting on there. the bed, and he's thinking about him, yeah. like, oh, I made the, a mistake. The cliffhanger is his self-guilt after sleeping with her, and if they get caught. Yeah. This this reminds me of like like Hollywood's hypocr- like the hypocrisy of Hollywood where it's like do as I say not as I do where um, like the stars think they're like kind of above um, the law almost a little bit. Did, I, I know a little I bit can, of that. I can see that, but this also reminds me of four issues ago in the Omega issue where we were introduced to this conflict and we're just yeah. seeing it again. That's my yeah. that's my thing. Every mm-hmm. issue is. nothing much is going on except for people have feelings for each other. It's been, it's been every single one of these issues, just another like use case of the emotion police or the thought police. Mm -hmm. Um, Cool. Oh, I should mention. So the writer is Seanan McGuire and art by Juan Frigeri. But yeah, Um, I just, I don't care about any of these so far. Can I just say something? This has something in it that, um, it's just one of my biggest pet peeves. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I, it's just just one of them. But um, it's it's this it's the thing where you're you're sitting there and you see this sequence of actions at the very beginning, and they're fighting these other mutants, and there's all this action and choreography and stuff like that. And then like it gets to the end of the whole scene, and then you get oh, and cut. You know, it's like like that's the way movies are made. Like you, there aren't. <laughs> And, you know, it's not like that's just not the way films are made. You know, you you sit there and you film a little scene like of dialogue or a back and forth or there's maybe a two two angle shot and you film film that and then you cut it and then you do it again and then you do it again and then you do it again. There's never in in uh, you know what I mean? Oh, that's I know exactly. You're, what you're talking about like those, the way movies are made, the narrative <laughs> fake out that happens like in movies yeah. or in books where it's just like, oh, this was all a film. Gotcha. 
Yep. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's just yeah. I just hate that. You would think that there everybody knows how movies are made these days that they wouldn't try to fake you out with that type of scene. But I knew that was what it was going to be as soon as I saw the intro. Oh, as yeah, as I, I mean, started as soon reading as, it. Because because he's like a movie star. We know this from yeah. the other previous uh, issues. We know he's yeah. a movie star. So at no point did I think that that was a real scene. I was like, yeah. all right, well, I did, they're filming a thing. I did like that the set of the film was the danger room. Well, that's yeah. yeah. Well, it's a guy named Scope, Philip Marshall, tactile invent- environment projection, not a people person. So I like yeah. that because um, I was wondering, I'm like, because I know this is a scene. Why are there no cameras? And that's a hell of a set. But yeah. I like that they revealed that his mutant power is to create environments. Yeah, <laughs> and I get it. He's like, uh, yeah, he's like a human cerebro, which is pretty, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool. Um, and I get it that Nightcrawler is, yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, uh, um, but I, I get it that Nightcrawler is like a, a Jackie Chan character doing his own stunts and kind of like really, you know, you could just sit back and watch him do that, like like Jet Li or or mm-hmm. um, some some great martial artist where you could just kind of pull back and just watch him do stuff and uh, but even even in films like that there's so much coordination um mm-hmm. so much uh insurance that nobody gets hurt during these those things and everything and it's like none of that is like even addressed here it's not it's not a real pic- depiction of of how movies are i are did made. i did really yeah. like this how megan slips into something that's what i'm looking at yeah, yeah. megan um gives herself a movie star body and then as soon as you know she's ready to power down she has a more realistic frame well, but is it for comic is, books? But yeah, but, yeah I was kind of yeah, wishing they really went a little further with that. Grass. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's they, not, she had bigger they, boobs and bigger butts, basically. Butts. Yeah, uh, all of her butts were bigger. So many butts. Yeah, this but book should be. I remember the thinking, butts. I wish she had more room for organs still, even <laughs> in her powered down. A little, uh, yeah, like a, a a bit of a spare. Yeah, that would be even more interesting, right? If she if it she had be. like a little bit more, yeah, yeah. to her. Yeah. Well, there was that character. Uh, remember that character, Big Bertha, who used to be in Alpha Flight? Or no, she was also, or she was in uh, Pink, or was it Pink Pearl or Big Bertha? She was in uh, Great Lakes Avengers. Oh, she yeah. Was I know what you're talking about. Yes. She was a model who could become bigger and smaller. And it was like sort of like a commentary on the modeling agent, modeling modeling business or, mm-hmm. or something. Career, they kind of yeah. dropped that and just kind of redid it where she's just always a big a big person. But um, anyway, that's just interesting. Uh, I, I like it that they're using some of these obscure, more obscure characters um, in in this book, like uh, Magma. Um, you get to see Kylan in there, who was a big part of the latter half of Excalibur. There, there. So that I, I and Megan, just seeing Megan again is always kind of fun, and it just makes me miss the old X Factor days, mm. but uh, or Excalibur days. I'm sorry. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it was. I thought it was fun. It was much. I think it was more, much more capably kind of paced. And like, yes, we've seen the story before, um, but we. Uh, it's it's like a different setting. Um, it's. I mean, it, with in comic books, you kind of get used to seeing the same story over and over again. Uh, but yeah, you're right. This is supposed to be an event, and if yeah. you're. It could be a little bit different. Yeah, and you know what? I, I'd push back a little bit too. Like we are used to seeing the same tropes over and over again. This yeah. is literally the same story of the it same is. book, three yeah. books in. Yeah. I mean, this is better than some of the other ones. So, yeah. so extremists far, number one. <laughs> I was going to say yeah. so far, next gen has been my favorite. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um. So this is by Leah Williams as the writer, and then Georges Janty. Is that? I don't know how you say. Oh, that. George Janty. Uh, I he love did his. The, stuff. Is it the, just um, George? He did Buffy. 
Yeah, he did Buffy for a long time. Yeah, I, I liked his his work in Buffy better. This feels a little rushed to me. Um, yeah. But yeah, this is extremist number one. Uh, a perfect world doesn't just happen. It needs to be cultivated. That's where Department X comes in. Psylocke, Iceman, Northstar, Blob, Jubilee, and Moneta, Moneta protect people from threats they'll never know existed, including the most insidious threat of all, love. Uh, I'd like to go first. I hated this. <laughs> I just <Yeah>. vehemently <laughs> hated this. Is was it because uh, the uh, about cookie sheets? I hated the, I hated this ongoing joke that was awful. I the hated forced, the character yeah, the design. Humor. I hated the the this team. I didn't know who the hell was talking and what accent to who. Mm-hmm. I hated this. This yeah. was so struggling to read. I like the character designs a lot. I like this I outfit. Like Psylocke's hooded, whatever. I hate Bobby's. Um, oh, he's got stormtrooper suspender thing. I hate right. it. Yeah, there's he no, looks like there's a neo-Nazi. no. Yeah, and there's no sense in him being a neo-Nazi. If if anything, the way people are acting in this, North Star should be wearing that costume. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's like uh, I, I, Bobby is still his jovial kind of self. He doesn't seem like a. a Wait, the, why do you neo, say neo-Nazi? that neo- North Star should be the neo-Nazi? Because he's like he's like cold. He's the like attitude. the na- neighbor oh, of the just group. He's got the attitude. Yeah. Um, like Iceman is just still joking around about the stupid cookie sheets. Or, it's the or, worst ongoing joke I've ever. It doesn't, I don't, and I don't care. I didn't understand it. Why What's, does Monet? Why does Monet look like Kitty Pride? It's Monetta. But yeah, so that's still that, supposed, supposed to be Monet. Monet? I don't even know. I don't know. I, I, I thought I because I knew I remember Monet. I don't know who this character with the psychic fingers is. Yeah, and she was much more colder and more like authoritarian. Even in the cover of this book, she's cold and everything. And in inside, like look at her there. She's wearing the sunglasses. Or no, I guess that's, that's not Jubilee. her. That's Jubilee, isn't but it? But in the okay. next page, she's got that single panel where she looks like a crying baby. Yeah. yeah. This this I is can't, yeah the, the I don't, art is so rushed. In I this. don't like this book. I, I'm sorry if I sounded really harsh. I, no, I don't. No. It's 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 important, or or it's it's a privilege to have a microphone in front of you and you share your opinions, and anyone even listens, anyone. So you yeah. you don't want to just be like it sucked, it yeah. was shit. But yeah. this was so folly. It was yeah. just really upsetting. Well, I, I, all right. At let me times, say at, at times though, the art looks like uh, Larry Stroman a little bit, um, which I love Larry Stroman stuff. His do you, do you know who he is? He did the X Factor for a long time and Tribe, no. Tribe for uh, <laughs> Image. Then no. he's kind of fallen off the, the face of the earth. But um, these, anyway, is it? It's one rat person, not two rat people, right? But yeah. Rat Lady is pregnant with other guy who speaks in minds. Baby, he's got a he's got a high pitch voice, and they've got <laughs> weird, like they've got weird names. So I wasn't sure who was speaking with an accent and who was just saying a name. It, this was, there was, it was this was overly complicated. What I did like is that um, she's pregnant. That and, was that was their reaction to her being. Oh, pregnant. You mean the one new story beat in that's it. Five issues. It's so literally far, the same story beat as every other one that we've read so far. Wherein, uh oh, yeah. two people are having emotions, and these two had sex, and now she's pregnant. They don't quite oh. understand how that works. That's the one new thing. Five issues. Mm-hmm. Five issues yeah. of this. Uh, are we gonna are we gonna review e- e- all of them? Hey, look, yes, we we're are. Going ah, down, we're going hey, down. Man, we're we going down. We're going down swinging. We did it to Justice League. Yes, we stayed we on Justice League for so long. Which one? Uh, the Jeff Johns, Jim Lee Justice League mess. Uh, I, I was New Fifty Two. That predates me, so thank goodness. Ugh. Ugh, God. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's. I mean, even like nobody is acting the way they 
even I understand that these are supposed to be alter all alternate versions of these characters, but still maybe Bobby, he's got the lighthearted sort of thing a little bit, but then he's, he's just so so dumb as a rock. He's dumb as a rock. He's lighthearted, but he's dumb as a rock and he looks like a failed punk musician. Yeah. It's not Bobby. This design. Yeah. And like the, the blob is nice. Like he's the nicest character in this porn mustache. Yeah I, yeah, I mean, I the only character the I like is the kind of cool, actually. Yeah, I like yeah. him. With I mean, this cool. I think you know, uh, uh, he's dead. I think he had the he got the legacy virus in the Marvel universe, uh, like the six one six. Oh, so oh. yeah, but sort of like uh, Madrox, right? I like yeah. everyone got it. Yeah, but I, I they should bring him back because he is a cool character, and I like this blob. He's like a nice guy. He's the he's the coolest character in this book. Yeah, he's he's my favorite character in the book so far. Yeah. And he only has like four lines. Yeah, um, he's, he's the only. He's like the only level mind. He doesn't give you enough the, time to. Yeah. He doesn't give you enough time to hate him. Yeah. Like he's just in there a little bit. He's the, he's the chaperone of this team of misfits. Yeah, 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 he yeah. totally is. Yeah, and it, it's like, uh, I mean, Psylocke's okay, but you don't really know her, but she never really has much of a presence other than being like just a deadly assassin sort of character with psychic powers. It was it was a really, you know, maybe I was offended too by the, it was a very interesting choice to make Bobby the character that has absolutely no, um, no respect for these being still people. Or, yeah. I, I, Oh, I mean, like he did. He was just like it. It. it like yeah, we'll, we'll write it down. Very interesting coming from a gay character. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, but is he gay? Is in he this, gay in this? In right. This right. I don't you know? know. Right. It's like you just don't know, and it's like, uh, it, it, yeah. I, I mean, and North Star is supposed to be gay, um, and he's just kind of. Is distant. anyone homosexual in this? Right, because they're not allowed universe. to have relations at all. Yeah. So yeah. sexuality is supposed to be a moot point in this, right? If yeah. you're all That's powerful, true. why don't you just get rid of any? Need for emotional connection. Maybe he's not that because powerful. you can't get you can't get rid of the soul. Yeah. Oh, that's I'm sorry. Where the, that's where the emotions are. Duh. I didn't know that it was all about the, love conquering all in the soul. But, bone. That's what we're doing here. Yes. Oh, it's all, what a it's surprise! All, yeah. It's all in the soul bone. I'm, I'm, <laughs> this is it. I'm, I'm being hard being so harsh on this, but I, uh, next gen has been my favorite of them so far. Which just one was that? Remind the me. one with blob or glob. Yeah. Oh, Glob, that was pretty good. Okay, uh, right. that was that, that seemed like, the most fresh of them all. Yeah, telling the story actually, in a fresh way. It looks like those kids that are hiding their relationship is mm-hmm. more of a, a that might be actually a homosexual relationship. Like those, like but, turnip head, turnip head, and bling. Juxtaposing that against a high school setting is a very relatable and understandable kind of like yeah. um, form of of anxiety and and ridicule. Like it it it's a more effective allegory than the other things that they're presenting us with in this age of X-Man. I just don't understand why, why are there so many of these? Yeah. They could I have think, done well, there are so many characters. One miniseries. We've got two more months of asking that every single week. God damn it. Here well, we we've go. Got, we've got, no, but we've got so many characters that, that, uh, that don't need to have in a the piece X-verse. Of this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to Prisoner X just because I love those like prison movies. And I think mm. that that'll be one that well, I, I am going to be most impressed with. But During um, Alpha, that was the only real plot thread that I was like, that would be really cool. Yeah. The, the Like, what do you do? So we've seen five times over now what they do to erase someone's memory when they yeah. transgress. They're sent we to were, like re-education yeah, camps. We were, uh, well, well that, those, those people were just mind wiped. Everyone's just mi- been yeah. mind wiped. But apparently... According to that first issue, when it happens so many times, then something happens to them. Right. Yeah. We haven't seen that yet, and that's like again, 
the next new possible plot thread. Mm. <clears throat> and w- wouldn't, freezing, wouldn't freezing someone in a chunk of ice, wouldn't that kill a baby anyway? If yeah, in other comics, it depends state. on the comic book physics. I thought yeah. that too. And, you know, there's times where Mr. Freeze freezes people and now they're corpses. Yeah. But yeah. here I guess they're just, they're doing fine. I don't know. I don't know if you heard me a second ago. Sometimes I yawn because I, I'm just uh, tired and I haven't had enough oxygen, I guess. Uh, and sometimes it's indicative of how I feel right now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Moving on. Then. Avengers No Road Home number three by Al Ewing, Jim Zub, and Mark Wade with pencils by Paco Medina. He's done all three so far. He's keeping the pace. I am. Imp- he's. I'm impressed. Be, they're beautiful. Uh, yeah, a great looking book. Uh, I'm actually enjoying this still. Mm-hmm. Uh, how are you guys feeling about it, Mark? Oh, I, I think it's great. Um, yeah. I, I like this new uh, team that we were inter- introduced to. I guess we. We're covering both issues, right? Since, yeah, sure. Since we uh, we're covering the whole thing, yeah. Uh, but uh, I like this team that they introduced. All these like Greek characters. Um, Hypnos looks a little bit too much like Thor. Um, I I like the the wings on his on his like headband, but his his chest plate looks very Thor like as well. And I think they could have like. Yeah, I mean, I think bit. he's supposed to look. I mean, he looks way like Thor. He even has the chainmail yeah. arms and the and the winged helmet and the yeah. Know, the yeah. Red and you would, if you were going to make something someone iconic, I, I don't think that's iconic. That's just kind of lifting Thor's costume. But yeah. um, anyway, uh, we we were right that uh, Captain Marvel is in this one, or, or I'm sorry, Photon? Cap, spe- or Photon. Oh yeah, she Spectrum. was she was inside. Spectrum. Oh damn and it, it's Spectrum! God damn it, <laughs> uh, Monica. Yes, Monica, Monica Rambo. Rambo. She was inside uh, Vision, yeah, because it was it was a little unclear in the first issue. Yeah, yeah, but uh, I I really like um, she's she's like great in this book. Uh, they really like rely on her as being sort of like a natural leader. I mean, Her- Hercules is kind of the one guiding people forward because he's the he's the like uh, you know Olympian, and he this he's is all about the Olympians. Lead. Yeah. But uh, but Monica Rambeau, it just seems like whenever she's on the on the panel, she's like taking command and taking like charge of things. Mm-hmm. And uh, in this issue, the I mean, I love again, I love the Hawkeye and, and Hulk interaction. Oh, that's that's, that's the best. He wakes yeah. up without a thumb. It's so far. That's yeah. so far. This this. So I'm not reading um, the Immortal Hulk. I know that you are, Mark. Um, yeah. This version of the Hulk, fucking mm-hmm. hate him. But I love that I hate him. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. he's a prick. Oh yeah, he and reminds me of he reminds me of Mister Fixit a little bit. Um, oh, cross with a little guy Gardner a little bit. You're too. very right. Uh, but they're uh, those those are that's cool. I mean, it, it Hulk is always a you know there's a he's a, a fluid character, so mm-hmm. you just never know what you're gonna get when you get with him. So like this version, I can deal with him for a little while. Oh, he's 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 incredibly effective for this story. I don't know if this is the yeah. Hulk I want forever, right. but yeah. even even Rocket's reaction to him is a, is really subtle and really fun. Like he's had instances and comeuppance with the Hulk before in his history, and he's even recognizing like this is off. This is. I've never felt like I needed to worry about it. Like it, it's, it's just, it's a really, really fun dynamic. It's yeah. uh, he's a wild card. He, sure. he should always be, but he hasn't felt like it in a long time. And he feels like a wild card in this. Well, usually he's a wild card because he's just like an uncaged beast. And in this one, he's much more of a, he's more of a psychotic Sinister. wild card. Yeah. He's, a, yeah. he's, he's a calculated risk. It's great. Yeah. Um, of this other group that, that I mean, they, the team has been kind of split into two. I guess we should kind of give a little recap of the story here, maybe. Um, but basically, um, 
they go to Olympus, they find all the Olympians dead, and then um, you are introduced to Nyx and all of Nyx's children, which are like three or four um, uh, Olympian, like lesser gods, demigods or, or something. And they're all pretty deadly and cool. And they look really cool. And I like the at the end of each issue, they give a little synopsis of uh, from it's, the artist's perspective. It's of, her like, own personal black order. It's great. Yeah. 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 And uh, there's my only criticism in this book is it comes like halfway through the book where um, where the vision and Scarlet Witch and Spectrum and Hercules are all kind of like walking down a hall. It's right before they meet this librarian who has all of this knowledge about Nix and her or whatever it is that they're trying to get, which I'm not. 100% sure yet. Oh, it's but... um it's shards of her soul. So there are three shards of her soul that oh, Hercules okay. Yeah, they're horcruxes yeah. that Hercules okay. threw out into the universe in different realms and yeah. Voyager transported these two teams to two of the known places. Yeah. So there's okay. still one out there and they're getting the other the two. The MacGuffins. The yeah. MacGuffins, yeah. yeah. They yeah. literally Mac... call it a MacGuffin in this book. Yeah. Did they? They yeah. do. <laughs> but there's a scene where they're walking down the hallway and it's just it's it's a long it's it's a tall panel of just them walking down a hallway. Are you have you guys I'm seen it. Yeah, really found good. it? I just think he could have done something with body types in this because they all seem like the same height, the same build. Um, the only one maybe a little bit is uh, I mean he does posture well, but it's just like I wish we would have had like a, a super bulky and tall Hercules, maybe a slender and tall Vision, and maybe just different body types for for Spectrum and and scarlet witch um they just all feel like the same kind of like lean athletic builds and i think that it'd be interesting to see this artist kind of have some fun with mm-hmm. just different shapes and sizes a little bit you know yeah, what i mean yeah, i could see that for sure yeah it, i saw that panel and i was like oh they're all they all just look like the same sort of body type almost i i want to just throw out there i know we mentioned it before but cod piece that's it i'm just gonna cod just piece gonna, just gonna say cod piece okay Hmm. Hercules is codpiece. Hey, interpret it what you like. Yeah, codpiece. <laughs> hey, man, he's 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 Hercules. Oh, I like the idea that you know Wanda because God in the piece. end of the first issue, uh, Nix has her hands sort of the same way that uh, oh, yeah. um, Kitty Pride or the Vision are able to morph or uh, what do they call that? Phase, phase. through things, um, mm-hmm. and she phases through Wanda's face. And that makes Wanda blind, and she's got the black eyes, and she can't see anything. But I like that that she's not blind. She just Nix was able to infect her in such a way that whatever she sees, I guess Nix can see, uh, or she or can turn least, it on and off, or at least her two children, her two minions. It's it's yeah. unclear as to what she can see and can't see. Oh, only that whatever she's seeing, that they can also, if they choose to. Yeah. And this 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 uh, instance of like the daggers that could possess people. Mm-hmm. This is a really fun story. I don't know if any, does any of this actually like ta- these new characters, at least new to me, tie into I Norse seen mythology. Oh, oh, yeah, I've oh. never seen them. I don't know uh, Greek mythology. Greek mythology. Um, yeah, I apologize. Well, I, I well the, in in Greek mythology, Hercules is often uh, cursed with bits uh, like bouts of insanity, mm. and um, I believe that's what they're hinting at here because oh. it says. Uh, it says, what's her, right. what's her specialty? Uh, lies. And she says, her daggers cut through flesh, through reason, through sanity. And then at the end, it's like uh, yeah, he's, Hercules is pretty – he's been stabbed and he is about well, to turn on, on not his just, team. Not just his turn. I mean like these characters. Do you know if they – You mean Like Nick's and, and her children. Oh, is this a Marvel thing or 
no, no. These are this is this is classic Roman or uh, Greek mythology. Uh, nice. I, Hypnos. I know Hypnos is. I know Nyx is. I don't. The other ones must be lesser gods, but I think they're all uh, they're all like derived from some type of, of Cool. Yeah, they are. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. No, I really enjoy this. I enjoy this more than I thought I would, and I'm glad that. So, like, the precursor to this, which was the No Surrender. Went on a little too long and became a little too complicated. This seems like a – it's the same tone. Mm-hmm. It's the same kind of like fun, wacky Avengers adventure, but it's a lot more streamlined. It's leaner, and it I guess it's going to be like six less issues. So I'm actually really oh, excited. Oh, is it? Thank God. Yeah, I think this is only supposed oh, to be about ten. Great. Well, and what I really like about it is that it reminds me of it's it's a more sophisticated take on a Super Friends episode. Basically, you know, they got to go get a thing, and they split up into teams, and they're yeah. going to get get yeah. the thing before the other guys get the thing. It's it's know? like a it's, it's like classic comic booking, but yeah. through the lens of a little bit more of like a modern touch or or modern writers or trying to do a oh yeah <laughs> trying to do a uh, uh, a classic run. Or like a, yeah. a riff on a classic run that's just yeah. wonky. Yeah, this is. I, I'm enjoying it. It's good. Yeah. Uh, do you, are, you guys see those these final like the they're talking about the in this issue three they have uh, Joshua James Shaw's artwork and he's talking about where he got yeah. the uh, designs. I love this helmet that uh, Hypnos has where it's like he's he's got the wings but then the wings close over his eyes. Yeah. That would be pretty. That's a pretty cool idea. I mean, it'd be it'd be almost really cool if he was like almost sleepwalking through the whole thing, and like he's always has his eyes closed like that. Um, I would rather see that than the wings, the Thor helmet that he has. Yeah. You know, it's just kind of a cool design. It reminds me a little bit of like Silent Hill or something. <laughs> you know, just those the nurses with the covered eyes and, yeah, and all yeah. that stuff. So, um, but anyway, I, I think I love these designs at the end of the book. It's really. Now, I don't cool. know who Joshua James Shaw is. But they make sure to mention, like, he's first of all, he's got a piece in the back of the last two issues. And then yeah. in the credits, it says, Nick's Family Designs, Joshua James Shaw. Oh, okay. I, I thought that was the artist, but that's... No, he just Paco came Medina up with is the... the artist. Huh. Well, that's yeah, interesting. the guy that he... who's there specifically for... character design. That's actually yeah, pretty that's cool. That's pretty cool, right? Yeah, yeah. And this is cool. I, I, I could see some of these characters being, like... After this series, like they show up in a Spider-Man book, or like I could see a Pate and Dolos, the two twin guys, show up in like Spider-Man and have Spider-Man fight him, you yeah. know, or, or uh, just you know all over the place. It would be just kind of cool. Thor versus Hypnos, you know, mm-hmm. stuff. Like and that. just like X-Men, we're gonna follow this one to the bitter end. I hope it yes. stays as fun. Yeah, I hope so. This is this is really good. It's the opposite of the X-Men books. Speaking yeah. of the bitter end. So there is a mini series going on, a, a little crossover called The Price, and that's um, a four-parter between Batman and Flash single issue, 64 and 65. This is Flash number 65 by Joshua Williamson and uh, Rafa Sandoval. And mm. uh, this is the end, of this, the end of this little crossover. I really like the one that they did before called The Button, and that mm-hmm. was dealing with finding the comedian's button from Watchmen in the Batcave, and then a bunch of... Uh, time travel and reverse flash stuff. And then this is dealing with the, the consequences, uh, even though it's not over yet of heroes in crisis. Yeah, but it, it ties in. It actually, um, it ties in explicitly to, uh, Tom King's Batman run and almost yeah. not at all with the flashes, flashes current ongoing, uh, yeah. yeah. Current adventures. It, so it's, it does a little bit, 
because like it Barry has been dealing with the loss of Wally for the last couple of like for the last maybe four or five issues, I think. Okay. Uh, in in, oh, in even Flash. outside of even outside of this in Flash series. Well, he the the uh, I think the um, the annual did. Okay. Um, Barry and uh, and Iris have been tracking down all of these other. Um, they're not speed forces, but they're like forces of nature. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's not force, as, ex- yeah, sage it's not, force and... yeah, it's not as strength force as strengths force as the other one. Um, but yeah, it's not as exciting as, as one would think. I, I, I don't know if it's, it's not a classic. It, it just reminds me a little bit of like what Jeff Johns did with the color, like yeah. the color wheel sort of thing. But, uh, I don't know. I, I I like this this the way this wrapped up. Although I was annoyed by a couple of things. But. Oh, what were you annoyed by? I will, oh, let uh, me say I was. I also enjoyed this. I I also enjoyed this too. That first issue I didn't like, but the subsequent three issues, I it was it was a competent read, like a nice fill in. Yes. Yeah. Go ahead, Mark. I I guess Batman's taking a hell of a lot of blame here, especially from Iris, and he's he's being the bigger person and letting Iris like smack him and and uh, and and really yell at him. But Gotham Girl appeared in Gotham and and then Batman just basically came in and and started helping them it's not like he didn't create Gotham girl mm-hmm. you know but but Iris is is like blaming everything on her this is another person you put in jeopardy just like you did another dead robin and you know another all all this other stuff and it's it's like really this Gotham girl is just someone that 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 kind of appeared there, and uh, and Batman's been helping. Okay, and so it, he's he's just she's just like giving the blame for something that really isn't his fault. Well, my response to that is I like that because it feels realistic. In that sometimes um, when you're in a relationship, you are friends with somebody, and then you, if you're frustrated with that person or whatever, you tell your significant other. Let's say my wife. Let's say Noel is constantly annoying me. And uh, I'm, I, I go home and I kind of like bark about it to my wife and she has to listen to it and all that other stuff. And let's say that, you know, um, Noel was a mastermind superhero who always had a contingency plan and helped actually his notes actually helped bring down the Justice League. This all tracks so far. Yeah. He is. He is. So like I, I feel <laughs> this is all, I like this, this really because, close. you know, Barry goes home and tells Iris about the because Batman's always doing fucked up shit. Right. This isn't the first time yeah. that like he's done some some chaos so uh, or things that he has planned for have backfired Mm -hmm. so um i kind of like it it feels like you know she it's it's a it's the flash's friend and she just he's always bringing them trouble so i think it's i think it's even more than that she he is indirectly responsible for her losing her nephew that she just rediscovered Mm -hmm. yeah it's she's she's Lashing out through grief more than logic. Yeah. And she may yeah. be lashing out at the super, the superheroes as a whole. Yeah, she's but lashing out at yeah. Barry also. Yeah, because she leaves Barry at the end of this, mm-hmm. and she slaps yeah. Batman. So I think she's just had it with, like, super folks as a whole right now. Yeah, they so. um, every everyone, including themselves, are victims, whether they die or not, mm-hmm. with yeah. this lifestyle. Which is salient, to the point. It, it makes sense. Um, but, like, just the thread of this book how it ends um nothing changes which is yeah. fine 
it's it's, it's just like a distraction. What's the same no, thing? No, I think what changes yeah. is that that um, this friendship between two of the best detectives in the DCU is yes. now yes. very Fractured. damaged. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I mean, just plot wise, when it comes to like next month. what we're discovering, because yeah. it it yeah. the last issue seeded or hinted at a lot of like larger machinations. This yeah. peeled back, like pulled back almost completely, and told you nothing. Yeah, I they mean, at least at least at the, the characters are talking to each other in this issue. Yeah. yeah, they're they're basically screaming at each other. Um, but at least it's better than the last issue where it was like they were about to say something and then something stops them from doing it, and then they're about to say something and st- something stops them from doing it. it it's it's that it's it, that was like that happened way t- like one or two too many times, mm-hmm. and sometimes in the same issue that um, it just got annoying and repetitive a little bit um i don't know i it doesn't put flash in this and this is a flash issue so it doesn't really put flash in a very heroic light just saying like i could have hit you a hundred times and i held back and like all this stuff because much like iris he's lashing out against batman Mm -hmm. for something that he really didn't intend and and or anything like that. Um, I like that though, because to me, as I've said ad nauseum, Barry Allen is not an interesting character to me. So I like that this is Barry dealing with things in a, in a way that I find realistic. I think it would be if it would have had just a page after that, have him walk away and regretting doing something like that because Barry Allen is a good guy. Mm -hmm. Um, Just everything I know about him Everything I know about him from the TV series and from from this book, he is a good guy. Yeah, he might be angry. He might be sometimes like like uh, not be be a, a good guy, showing it on the outside. But just a little introspection on himself, saying mm-hmm. like regretting that, regretting the friendship that they had. You kind of don't see that. He just runs mm-hmm. off and leaves Batman uh, alone, and then you get this letter from Iris. And then he's sitting there kind of like looking down and he's sad and then he runs off. Yeah. Um, but you don't really get anything from Barry at the end there, which is well, kind of frustrating. I think it's more show don't tell. So the two of them, as much as they are at loggerheads, are very similar, whereas they both reached an emotional apex and they wouldn't handle it the way that they do by thwarting something small. Mm-hmm. By not sitting yeah. with the not sitting with the emotions so much as punching it out yeah um yeah. which and the, the the fact that the artists or like the the creators decided to mirror that with the last couple stanzas of her letter was it was effective it, yeah. it completely worked now i i like i really like this issue i want to talk about this epilogue oh yeah. before we get to that so that'll be the end of the discussion okay i because I, this ties into what mark was just saying about the reason Barry runs up and says, I could have punched you a hundred times before yeah. you even raised your fist is because I literally, I, I said, Ooh, I said out loud while I was reading this comic book, I had a, a audible reaction of, Ooh, um, because the, he's walk Barry is walking away from Batman and he says, our families, our friends, all of them, another bullet for Alfred, another abduction for Iris, another innocent in the crossfire, another dead Robin. And then Batman fires back with, at least I never forgot one of my partners existed. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit. Uh, so I kind of, I totally understand his response to that. He does not. Almost punching him. I get it. Batman doesn't like, lose his I, cool like that, too, which is pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, they are friends. They are yeah. pretty like long friends, I guess, as as long of friends as he has been with Superman, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you know, as long as the Fifty Two's been around. Um, 
I don't know. It's still it, it just makes me feel I'm I mean I'm just more of a Batman guy than any anything else. So it's like no matter what it is, what comic Batman is in, be it his Titan his name on the title or not, it's going to be a Batman book for me. It kind of <laughs> is just it's just kind of this the way it is. Um, it's kind of like when Spider Man shows up in other people's books. Yeah, it's yeah. it becomes all about Spider Man. Um, Batman is like green peppers on a pizza. Yeah, the yeah. whole thing tastes like green peppers, <laughs> no matter what else is on there. Yep, you're so right. what do you want to say about the epilogue? Um, in the near future. Yeah, seems. what does anybody know what the fuck this well, is? Well, that was Year my question was going to be. Too many mysteries. We've saved the multiverse at least a dozen times. So 11 what? by my count. You missed one. What does that mean? I think that's I, the crisis. I Okay, so I read this like seven times because I have no idea what they're trying to say to each other. And the best I can gleam was that one of the other heroes has been infiltrated and or is now a villain. Mm-hmm. And the, these two dudes, uh, Bruce and Clark, don't know who to trust. And then it's DC's year of the villain coming soon. Um, what's up with Soup's cape? I know I don't like it's to a lot. nitpick it's too a lot much. Of cape. It's a lot of cape, but it's also like got bullet holes up in this shit. Mm-hmm. And... It's ridiculous. It's a Todd. Mc- it's even worse than a Todd McFarlane cape. Yeah, it's like a it's like a duster jacket. I think he. I think. I think he, he farted. I, um, a Kryptonian fart. It's it's yes. like a it's like a cloak really, duster jacket yeah. with bullet holes uh-huh. in it. Yeah, it's it looks ridiculous. Look, that's a nitpick though. I'm I'm more I'm more wondering is have you guys heard of any of this before? No, nope. I have. How is bit. how is this? I don't understand how this is written. 11 crises, or we saved the multiverse at least a dozen times, 11 by a man count, you missed one. So he's, so that's not in reference to the next statement. This time is different. Are they teasing another crisis, or is it just I, blah, I, blah? I think they are. I think they are teasing another crisis. I think they've been leading to that for a little while, because Crisis was the name of that character that got out of Iron Heights a couple of issues ago that we read on the, on the show. Oh, Do you remember that? No. His yes. name was Crisis. Um, and, and, An issue of what? Uh, Flash? Yeah, it was at the end of, I forget which one it was. It was, it might have been, I don't know, I forget what it, what it was, but we covered the Flash. Uh, we covered that issue. It must have been like when... I might not uh, have been here. When, it was. It must have been when Wally came back. One of those issues. Because like, that was, That seems to be the only, that's, that's the only one I remember as, or maybe it was the one when Impulse came back. That issue? I don't know. It's, uh, it's, anyway... I, I'm okay with teases, but this felt like a the real flash war. reference. Yeah, I think it was the Flash War. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was that the end of that because it hinted at a bunch of different little plot threads that that went around. So that might have been before you were you were on here. Might have been. But uh, I've heard that like just this next year, it's going to be the year of the villain, and it's got it's it's this uh, this this new character that's been in Justice League that came out of the Source Wall. Uh, who's supposed to be have made the source wall or whatever that is perpetua i haven't read that yet but um she's like one of the main players in that and it's like all about like this year's all about like this is that's the big event for this year that's coming up all the right. year of the villain well so. uh, reading justice league that kind of makes sense it's just this felt like a worse version of like a post credits sequence yeah. in a movie where it's like yeah what What's what happening? are you even referencing? Yeah, like no, this I've, isn't a tease. This I was confused weird. as well. Yeah. Um, and, oh, and it I, was Flash number fifty. For um, there was an inmate uh, named Crisis, and he says, "Finally, the Flashes will pay for what they've done to me." Huh. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, go ahead. 
Uh, no, and I, I just think that, again, this is about Batman and Superman. This is like, and this is supposed to be in a Flash book. And I get it. They're talking about Flash. He just doesn't know if he can trust him anymore. Um, he might be the bad guy. Although, I think looking at this this roster up here at the top, the only one I really see who, who might actually fit the deal as a bad guy is Plastic Man. Because he's a bad guy in one of the other books. Well, uh, speaking of a Flash that might be a bad guy... Oh, should we talk about Heroes in Crisis number Speaking six? of crises and flashes that might be bad guys. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. yeah, Heroes in Crisis number six by Tom King. What's his name? Uh, Jareds? Mitch Jareds? And Clay Mann. This is the first time. Uh, I don't know. Is it the first time? You know what? Uh, what? Clay I, Mann uh, I, didn't do this whole issue is what I'm saying. You know what book he would be really great on? No. Like, this is off topic. Yeah. Which one? I think it might like a Clayface book. Oh, God that would damn. be awesome. Fuck Great idea. I can't believe I let you do that. Um, Nailed it. So, High five over Skype. Uh, anyway. There's a sound of victory. Our hands yeah. digitally yeah. plapping each other. Plap. Uh, hey, Mark, who's Gnark? Well, do you know Gnark? Have you ever heard of Gnark? He showed up in the just recent um, Titans miniseries. Oh where uh, he was retrofitted in as one of the original Titans. Um, I never finished wow. that series, though. Sounds I didn't bad. read the whole thing. But he was, he was like, retrofitted in, like, as... It was before this new version of the Titans came out, and it was when... Uh, I think it was... It was before... It was just basically telling us who the Titans were back that back in that mm-hmm. time, and they, mm-hmm. they introduced, like, Honeybee and... Uh, the guy who plays music, the trumpeter guy. Okay, remember him? That music guy. maestro. No, he's he. Pied it's Piper. Him and, no. Uh, oh god. Keyboardist of doom does, doesn't matter. And, yeah, the guitar. Anyway, he it's, was he's like a man out of time. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, yeah I've a, never heard of him caveman. before. He's basically a caveman that was transported here. He's just uh, a simple caveman lawyer yes. who loves Keats. Unfrozen caveman philosopher, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's uh, uh, he was entertaining in this issue, I guess. Yeah, he yeah, was interesting. It was pretty cool. Um, there are a couple a couple of things that I loved about this issue. Um, one, um, a little bit more backstory as to how and why um, Harley is even in this situation. Mm-hmm. Her she's her um, love of Ivy brings her to this place, like sneaks her into this place to to you know to to fight boredom. Ivy even in her um uh in her therapy tries to bring some closure to uh Harley's situation. And then also the digging a little bit more into Wally. You know, I love this idea that everyone was so happy to remember him and see him, mm-hmm. but he's not happy to be there at all. This one That's, this was really whole nice. page of a bunch of different panels of people hugging Wally while he stays exactly the same yeah. was so good. Yeah. I love yeah. that page. Although this first one with him and Barry um hugging they are close. Oh shush. <laughs> look at them. They're wearing skin tight suits. You know what? You know, look at look a little bit lower. They are I'm rubbing it up. They are. Tip to tip. And then the next panel, yeah. like they're touching foreheads. And I mean, I get it. It's an intimate moment between mentor and mentee. But still, that's some closeness going oh on. <laughs> you monster. I'm just saying. I'm just here to point out things. Okay. <laughs> Achievement unlocked. 
Yes. Yeah, but I get it. Uh, yeah, the the uh, I mean, this is like uh, very very not very Wally West. It's I mean, he takes sort of center stage here, um, along with Harley as usual. It's like Tom King is not telling a straightforward story at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, it's nice to see a little bit of Wally in this book finally. He's, Absolutely. Um, uh, yeah. So. What do we think is going on? We're we're three <laughs> issues away now. We're three issues away. Yes. I think I they're I think they're setting us up to make us think that it's Wally because he's really unraveling here in these mm-hmm. couple of scenes that we get with him. It's very uncomfortable. Uh, he's clearly not well. He's dealing with a bunch of stuff. But I I feel like this is a red herring. No pun intended, I guess. But um, I I think they're just setting us up to make us think it's him, but it's not. Well, I, 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 the only thing I'm like positive on is it's not Booster or Harley, right? That's just too much. That's too easy. It's not Booster. I or don't Harley. know. I, no. So Nolan and I were talking on the way to go see Captain Marvel today. We solved it. Oh yeah, we have we have. We I think we have a DC. solid theory. Yeah. And if it's not this, they're wrong. They're they're wrong, and this yeah, they, is stupid. And I'm going to stop well. reading yeah. comics. Do you want to tell right. them what it is real quick? I don't know. Should we bother? Like maybe can we just write it on paper secretly Do and it. see if we're right? <laughs> and in we'll May? hold it in no, the envelope. Just, May? No, you got to put it out there. Otherwise, it uh, won't exist. It's the computer. It's Sanctuary. Sanctuary is the killer. Um, Sanctuary, or inadvertently is the or um, indirectly is the killer. Yeah. Sanctuary. I think Sanctuary is actively um, exacerbating Wally's problems, and eventually manipulates him to. Murder everyone. I'm wondering, yeah, we're wondering if this is one of those classic tales of AI gets a little too intelligent and then decides these people with these problems are too powerful and shouldn't exist. Yeah, so like it, it having the logic of Batman and the, you know, the mercy of, of uh, Wonder Woman and the strength of Superman and all this stuff that Sanctuary has, all of that yeah. together kind of comes to the executive decision that these incredibly powerful people that are incredibly damaged, the world is safer. Mm-hmm. With all of those, you know, mindsets put together, if they are taking out, so they mm-hmm. it it works towards getting Wally to do that for them by breaking him further. Mm-hmm. That's what I think it's going to end up being. Yeah. So it, yeah, that, I mean, that sounds good. I I think that would make a for a great cyborg story. Like, you know what I mean? Is oh, there's not a, like taking him over? Literally taking te- him over? Yeah. There's not a tech based character in this book, though. But which, it. If it's about PTSD and it's about mental illness, yeah. Yeah. the miscarriage of or, or, or mistreatment of mental illness and grief is a big theme. So it was like, I think it's going to tie, it's going to, I, I think that that aspect is going to tie in, whether successfully or not, is going to tie into the conclusion of this book. So basically, and what just you're saying having is... the computer do it wasn't, didn't feel like it tied into that theme. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, but are are you saying that like maybe this is Tom King's failure to really uh, comprehend what therapy is? No, was inten- I think it was intentional, just so that like because that's going to be the flaw that really makes it so that this that's the reason why all this shit happened because of the and he's making that as like kind of like a comment on maybe not the way, the way PTSD is kind of treated in real life where there's these where it's like kind of like you're just churned in and out and and a little bit yeah not not necessarily Tom King's but the character's misinterpretation or misunderstanding of the kind of help that's really needed mm-hmm. and yeah. this cold logical thing controlling it and or 
you know, um, moving it along or, or, you know, like absorbing it constantly, deciding that, you know, the safest thing for everyone involved is to eradicate. Yeah. This is all conjecture, by the way. None of us have any fucking idea how this is going to end. No, it's true. But I I mean, what I find really interesting is that we have not seen what these guys are talking to. Are they just talking to a camera? Are they talking to a screen? We see inside on the first issue, there are these like dead robot bodies of like that look like almost like a Mon Pa Kent sort of character. Um, And we haven't seen those characters. We haven't seen like what they what's going on there. And and you're right. It might be there's just that the robot is the ones. But that, we have seen all these a danger room style technology that can recreate any atmosphere or situation mm-hmm. yeah. by design. Yeah. So um, what Harley has seen, what Booster has seen could <coughs> easily be oh! completely fabricated. And oh my God, you're right. What Booster is still seeing, because I still contend that fucking Blue Beetle is not there. Yeah. He's yeah. dead. I think we've all agreed on that one, yeah. 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 No, it'd be good. I and and if so, I wish I wish this would have been instead of a sanctuary story, I wish it would have been an Arkham Asylum story. You know, it would have been kinda of cool to see all the Arkham yeah. characters. If that's if that's the case, I wish this was less issues and more streamlined because I would have loved to get to and I, I This no matter what, like every issue is getting better as it's coming to like conclusion, which I know like, you know, great fiction is supposed to do. But only recently has it started to feel like shit's actually happening in the book as opposed to off panel or told to me after the fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a I lot of real... about the first five issues. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The first, it, I mean, it took we probably could have told it, the story up to this story in three issues. It's not even it's not even the streamlining it. It's the fact that fucking show it to me. This is a visual medium. Don't tell yeah. me like in a scene after the fact. Everyone's dead. Like, why didn't I, and, why didn't I see everyone die? Well, or, because they, that's the that's what a who that's how a whodunit works. I get it, but last it's issue still was, on the fringes. Last issue was pretty much a pop up uh, a splash page. Uh, it was like one splash page after another, after another, after another. Uh, which one was the last issue? That was the um, uh, that was the one where they had the shining knight in there for no reason. It was a full page splash of that. Oh uh, yeah, and, that and was weird. Like, that was that was know, a bit of a turning point for the book, though. Yeah, but it felt like that was a catch-up time for them as well, too. Uh, yeah. I could just use for a couple less um, splash pages in this book and more story, uh, more answers. We're on the sixth issue. Um, basically, if you're really following the the way issues go these days, it's like we'll have one more issue, and then the answer is going to come in the eighth issue, and then there's going to be the the winding like down the or the after yeah. yeah the after effects yeah. is going to happen in yeah, the, the last the cliffhanger of of the reveal will be in issue 8 and then yeah. 9 will be like a quick fight or resolution and then exactly yeah. yeah yeah um i i want to read these narc like all of these like kind of musings that he's doing and I want to kind of like maybe look it up and or try to read into what he's saying right. and try to get in there i just i, I don't have the I don't know. Patience. I just I, I know the patients are, or I just don't care enough right now to really delve deep into it like that for some reason. Or, or, do you guys feel that way, or did you guys? Um, um, he he no. He noted that it was Keats in one of them when he was on, yeah. when he was dying. That was enough for me. Like yeah. the 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 juxtaposition for the character of being of of such primitive ways and time yeah. to being so very well versed and in love with um, literature was kind of the point for me. I wasn't actually mm-hmm. looking for any 
I mean, I mean, I hope it's there, and I'm sure it's there, but yeah. I, I didn't dig into f- yeah. too much further to yeah. it. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen of the court, I'm a simple <laughs> caveman. <laughs> I'm a simple caveman. <laughs> um, I just love it though when he does his quotes and everything. He speaks regularly. Yeah, you know? he speaks eloquently. Yeah, yeah, but then like oh, he goes back and he's saying like his yeah. his name and yeah. Wally <laughs> West. Wally West holding a dying Roy. <laughs> Roy, why? Why did it? The kids. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't want to be alone. See, did they here's manifest it, his children and Jay and and Iris? Oh, I don't killed know. Killed everyone. Yeah, God no, it's just this is intrinsically Wally's fault. Yeah. Whether he was manipulated yeah. or not, Wally's not coming out of this unscathed. Period. Which I'm fine with. Make, I'm, I'm interested to read it. I love Wally so much that I'm interested to read it. Um, I just right. don't want him to be dead. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Shazam number three came out from. Johns, uh, Jeff Johns, and Dave Eaglesham. I have not read any of these three issues, but Mark underscore L underscore Miller has. So uh, I'm going to give you guys two minutes. I'm, I'm setting a timer. Tell us about Shazam number three. Okay, well, the only thing, I, I wasn't going to even suggest us reading it this week, mainly because we've read the first two. We've had the same kind of uh, criticism about the first two as we do, uh, as we did, like both those issues were the, criticized the same way. But in this issue, it seems like he's they've really gone out of their way to try to uh, answer some of those questions and really make things a little, take things in a little bit more of an intriguing path. Um, one of the things is that we have a head, a floating head, chart at the very beginning who tells us the names of all of the kids because all of us has had complained about in the first issue that we didn't even know who these these kids what their names were so at least we get to know their names uh here and it, it's established in the very first panel or right like with first three pages um after that the other thing that happens later on in the book is that the kids are separated and they end up in different worlds um which is the other criticism I had last issue, just that you have six kids, you have all of these worlds. Why did all of them go into one world? Um, it just doesn't seem like a interesting way of doing it. I would rather have them split up and experience the worlds separately. And that's exactly what he, what they do here. Um, like two of them go into the wildlands, two of them go into the, the, I, I forget. There's a, there's a, a bunch of them. Uh, and they like the wildlands have, uh, creatures with the heads all right they have creatures with the heads of animals uh some and some other kids have gone into the game lands uh i think and there might be someone in the dark lands i'm not sure uh but anyway it's it's uh definitely um taking uh, a more interesting route and it's it's fixing some of the things that we had brought up at the first two issues that uh we thought needed to be addressed so and plus, it's got Dale Egosham in this issue, which is really, um, it, it, without him, it's this is, this series is really uh, lacking. You were almost there. Like if you if you would have uh, paused at Dale Egosham, yes, you would. Anyway, you would have just nailed it. All right. Well, that's about it. Yeah, but now, it's, uh, it was a good issue. I didn't get a chance to read this issue. Like I, I read the first two. We we read the first two together, and I it did feel like everything you said is just on the po- on you know on point. It was. For, for um, a writer like Jeff Johns, who we are maybe spoiled or very used to being incredibly tight and efficient with the storytelling, this felt really wieldy, unwieldy, and lazy. And is that the most efficient way to do that? Why is it like this? This is it, it was just um, 
it didn't feel right. And just scanning this, it kind of feels like it's it's starting to correct itself. It's starting it's, to it's, it's starting to knit, it's, focus in. Yes, yeah. it is. And the only other thing I want to say is that the cover is bullshit. Mister Mind does not show up at all in this issue. All right, I'm not going to read this book anymore. Then that's just it. <laughs> bullshit I love, cover. I, I love Mister Mind. Fuck the cover. Um, JD stepped out for two seconds, so that means that we can sneak in a really quick review of the Forgotten Queen if you want to. Ooh, yeah, let's yeah, do let's it. do it. Screw him. Oh, okay. damn it! The show's over. <laughs> Turn it all down. <laughs> <laughs> we already started it. Yeah, oh, this kind of uh, this kind of doing now. Uh, the Forgotten Queen, really, really fast, because the two of us read it. The Forgotten Queen. Queen. That's it's. From, I mean, that's what I said. Yeah, from it's, Valiant by Teeny Howard and Amalcar Pena. Yeah, yes. it's it's about the one? um, yeah, it's it's about Freddie Mercury. God damn it. This is Lost Songs. Oh, look at that cover. That's a nice one. Great. Um, uh, I will s- I'll start the clock. Do you want me to start the clock? Well, go. Can we do- Two minutes. And go. Me? Yeah, sure. Oh, okay. Uh, this is interesting. I I didn't – I wasn't following it until a couple of pages into it. And then I once I got to know what was going on and how it was like both stories were leading to the same sort of conclusion, mm-hmm. it was – I thought it was – pretty it was it was an interesting way to set up a, a and basically a first issue introducing a character yes uh if I, so i would have started it with the flashback before the divers the divers uh-huh. was incredibly boring and i didn't really like and then you know something attacks them underwater uh but then as soon as it actually started to tell this interesting story about um genghis khan and and the art of war and then this mystical or uh, mysterious woman that shows up just wrecking things and giving them everything they want, but then it ends in travesty. It, it was a very interesting, like, uh, mythical character. She's She has the power of, like, basically seducing people into war, um, which it can arguably be arguably argument can be argued that sorry no it can be argued that that's the cause of a lot of wars. Yeah, it's she is she is the embodiment of um, greedy desire. Not yeah. in a sexual way so much as a sometimes in a sexual way, but it's it's not exclusively. So like a yeah. lot of times when these characters are introduced, it's just like you know we feed war, we feed violence, we feed lust. It's just she is kind of this id. She's the embodiment of this id, and she's immortal. So she's just been roaming the world for eons, looking for you know the next thing that's going to entertain her. Um, the art, I didn't love it. It's like bad Salvador La Roca, um, but. It was it was it was a decent it was a decent story. It was it was interesting enough, yeah. especially the cliffhanger was just like, oh, we're going to go there. Cool. I would. I'll, my only criticism is that the lead character, I you, you got to have a lead character that you can actually say, say her name. Sorry. Let me just finish this thought. Her name is Vexana? her name is Sarne Oyun Chimeg. Wait, but she she refers to herself as Vexana, right? No, the the lady who's collecting all the armor. Oh yeah, and I then, didn't even bother remembering her name. Well, I thought that she's the modern incarnation of this person. I, think. I thought she's the modern incarnation of the other person. She's <laughs> just ringing it right in the. Moment. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, I did like the little scene where she's standing in front of the projector, and the armor is projected onto her. That really projects what might happen later. Well, I yeah, I know it was really on the nose. I um okay, so maybe I read this wrong. I thought that the the seeking the um the the woman that's seeking the artifacts is actually the um woman that she loved i think so not maybe. her 
Like the I don't reincarnation know. of. I'm intrigued enough to read a second issue. Exactly. If anything, it's just it, it's kind of fun enough to maybe see what happens next. Oh, so it's a pretty good Valiant book? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's nice to hear. Yeah. Yeah, maybe I'll, get, maybe I'll give it a go. So let's now no! talk about. No. <laughs> Oh, we move it. Alright, what thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Spoiler Alert. Oh we move. No, it's <laughs> not that's not the song. Uh I've been your host, Johnny Destructo. You can uh send us some money on Patreon at Patreon slash Johnny Destructo or your face. Patreon slash ML Miller. ML Miller, ML Miller Patreon, ML Miller, or you could go to mlmillerwrites.com and see all of his uh, uh, articles. Yeah. I'm, I'm just here for shits and giggles. If you guys want to send me a message or complain about me, do so via email and or social media. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. yeah. Also, uh, I don't know how they're going to go up. I don't know if the Captain Marvel review will go up. Uh, before this episode or after this episode, but around this episode, you will also find uh, Noel and I did a quick half hour uh, spoiler filled. So the first maybe five to ten minutes aren't spoilers, mm-hmm. and then the le- end of it, we'll let you know when we get into spoilers, but there are spoilers for the film. Yeah, we had the pleasure of seeing it before opening, mm-hmm. and we expressed our opinions via an audible forum. Yes. so uh, I have not seen it yet. Sadness. So I'm sure we'll talk about it again as soon as you have. Yeah, we'll probably talk about it next week. Yeah. Um, All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us, and we will talk at you later. Bye! Thanks so much for listening to Spoiler Alert. Check out all our shows, including the Cannibal Horrorcast, where we review classic and contemporary horror. Oh, it's so spooky! And Gutter Talk with the Black Tribbles, recorded live every week at Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex in Nanyang, PA. Yeah! This is the